Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. 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 Can someone explain to me where, how does PCA ever play if Morrell, Hoskins, and Bellinger are all on the team? Oh, he, he does it. Reese Hoskins is a fine player and is a, a really good idea for first base. I'm cool with that. Yes. But you need more. So let's say that's Reese Hoskins and Tyler Glass now. And Bellinger. That's the thing. You can't just have Reese Hoskins be the addition to your lineup. Well, problem solved. They're not adding Reese Hoskins to the lineup. And I, that audio is obviously very relevant. Uh, But since that, we also talked about the Michael Bush trade. And I was like, well, once you trade for this guy and they come out at Cubs convention and say, first base, first base, first base, I said, well, then that means Reese Hoskins is not coming back or not, not, not going to be in their plans because they've, made a decision that they're going to take the lefty bat who was blocked by the Dodgers, who's the minor league player of the year, and they're going to trust young, cheap lefty with upside, and that's going to be their primary first base option. So it's like cross him off. them. Now it sucks that Hoskins, who hit 30 bombs last year, goes to the Brewers. That part of it's not fun, but they were always going to add something. And Cubs got their manager, so, you know, still still a win for the Cubs. It's a trade right there. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I did not think Hoskins was still a viable option for the Cubs after they made the trade with the Dodgers for Bush. I had crossed Reese Hoskins off my mental possibility list for the Cubs. And I also think, Danny, that, you know, the Cubs were saying to themselves, well, if I need a couple extra bucks to throw at Bellinger, and I know he's. I'm, I can put him at first base, and he's going to be playing for if he comes to the Cubs, comes back to the Cubs, going to be playing first base way more than he did last season. So I think to them, they're looking at him as someone that can be able to split time. Whoever it is, whether it's the the young, some of the younger guys, whether it is you know some people that they've gotten recently, I think it, I think to them they understand that that position can be occupied by someone else that they can bring in other than a Reese Hoskins, even though, you know, obviously people wanted him just to solidify. I mean, there's clearly a gaping hole there at first base for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, but I, I think that the the addition of Michael Bush makes it less so. Like, it, you're always going to count on someone who's young. Yeah, it, it just reminds me of last year where they had, you know, four or five options at first base, and it, they were just trying to, you know, put a Band-Aid on it as opposed to having a bona fide, you know, replacement and something that can be there. Yeah, this guy's not proven, obviously, right. but, but it should be better than... Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini right, you know right, what I mean? Like, right, it, right, it, right. it should be better than that with certainly more upside than that. And then you're right. We'll see if they add Bellinger. I, maybe it's because... Like, I don't. They have to add Bellinger. Let's be very clear. I, I agree. But they weren't good enough last year with Bellinger. And I, and I get that. I, I, so, so, so if they add Bellinger, you could easily make the argument that they are still not good enough because you need to add in addition to it. Yeah. 
What what I just think is the most overwhelmingly likely thing to still happen, and I, it's why I'm like maybe the only Cubs fan who has not at one point or another panicked this offseason. I'm panicked. I, they're going to trade for someone. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they are going to pull off a big trade for someone that we have not linked to them. Now, whether that someone is a third baseman or like a number two starting pitcher, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know who it is. I have no idea who it is. I don't think any of us know who it is, but they, they are going to trade from this incredible farm system of depth where the top guys are outfield prospects when Saya is locked into right field and Hap is locked into left field and PCA, even if he doesn't break camp with them as a center fielder, he's locked into being the center fielder of the future for the Cubs much sooner rather than later, maybe as soon as opening day, depending on Bellinger. Like, there's a log jam there. Prospects are either two things. They either are depth for your big league club or they are currency to plug holes for your big league club. And I just, I don't believe it. Like, I just, I don't believe that they're going to go in the next year simply with (laughs) spending money in a few places and not deal from this tremendous organizational depth and go out and add a piece. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, Jed Hoyer said they were in the fifth inning of their offseason. Why would he say that if there weren't multiple resources, whether it's cash or prospect, still to be spent on the 2024 Cubs? It just it, it, it doesn't make any sense to, to pay counsel to say that at Cubs convention to then be like, ah, well... I lied. When I said it was the fifth inning, it was one of those rain-shortened games where we, We're done. Ca- where we, where we called it after five. Like, they're, they're not done. Could he have been talking literally? Because we are halfway through the offseason. When he said that, he was halfway through the offseason. He was in month three of five and a half. Right. I, I don't think he literally was just marking the calendar of time. Like right now, Danny, I'd say, I'm in the three o'clock hour of today's show. Yeah. I, I've got three more left. Right. So so you're you're about 30% of the way done with the show. Yeah. Yeah. Jed Hoyer is in the fifth inning of his offseason. Halfway. Oh, man. I, I think that is an incredibly cynical way to look at this. Uh, I didn't mean anything cynically. No, I, I'm just saying. Like, I, never I, do. I, I, just, I just think. I'm not saying you're going to love it when it's all done. Maybe you, maybe you won't. But my point is, they're not done. And when they traded serious prospect capital for Michael Bush, right? I mean, that kid that they traded, I know it's three, four years away, but they're like, that guy can be an ace of a pitching staff with the stuff that he has. So I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a real trade. That's a real investment in this guy. That's first base. That's first base. Yeah, and if there's a but if there and if there's a log jam in a lot of places, that guy's probably not going to see the light of day for even probably longer with the Chicago Cubs. But I think you're right. I think when you're looking at, you know, the, the, the farm system that the Cubs have, and even just the holes where they say to themselves, okay, well, I can I can identify what one is right now that I can take care of in this offseason, but I also know that come trade deadline, you know, hopefully we're playing at a high level with counsel that we can then just trade some of these assets to fill in the rest because I think that's what they're really setting you up for, right? The, the notion that they're not going to check off all the boxes right now, like he says, right? We don't need to win the offseason, 
right? We just need to make the right moves in the offseason. We hear him right. say, say things like that. So, I mean, yeah, m- moving some – it has to happen. It has to happen if they want to compete at a high level. The part that really bothers me about the Chicago Cubs is that, you know, even when I was talking to Speaks and, and you in here, and you're saying like, hey, this team isn't supposed to just be in the playoffs, right? They should be battling for one, but they might fall short. And then it was like, no, but we're here. We're here. And then it's like, okay – well, you don't have Bellinger now. You don't have, you know, Strowman to hold you down for the beginning of the season. How are you going to duplicate that success? Where are those wins going to come from? Where are those runs going to come from? And I think that if you don't have that at the beginning of the season, of course, guys like Bruce Levine are saying, you know, they're going to be the most active team. But I'm not a Cubs fan, but I know if I were a Cubs fan, I'd be nervous, even though I know they have assets to trade, even though I know Cody Bellinger oh, is sitting well, there. Well, you're, Cubs fans are nervous. Like, just sample of the text line. The Cubs are cheap. Jed is bad at this. Uh-oh, I didn't you're, even check that. <laughs> you're, you're putting a lot of hope in the Michael Bush basket. He said that because he lies. They got outspent by the bullpen by the Pirates. Tom won't spend. Aren't you Mr. GM never tells the truth guy? All of a sudden, you think this one's telling the truth? Hold on a second, guys. I, I'm talking about actions. You think they spent $40 million on a manager to not spend on the roster? You think they spent money on Imanaga to not spend elsewhere? I I just I don't I don't get I don't get it. I don't get what they've done recently to deserve that level of cynicism. No, because it's not on the guys that they want. The money's not on the guys that they would have wanted. I should but, say. But, that, but that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like. It is absolutely possible that the payroll that they add is not free agents payroll. Comes in the form via of via, via trade, okay. Of of a of an expensive good player on a bad team that's like, oh God, we're not gonna be able to re-sign fill in the blank player. So we'd be happy to take him off your hands because then it's cost certainty and you've already signed him to the contract. And it's a shorter-term deal. That's why I thought Pete Alonso made a ton of sense. Now, again, the Mets say they're not trading him. They've made moves around first base. I don't think it's going to be Pete Alonso at this point. But so I, I thought Pete Alonso made a ton of sense. One year, super expensive. Pencil him in for thirty-five to forty-five home runs. Great, excellent. Put him in the put him at three in the lineup. Forget about it. Go on with your day. But you know what I mean. So like, who's that guy on? Fill in the blank team, you know what I mean? That's that's not good, but spent money. That has, who's that guy? I don't know. I'm not a national baseball fan like that. I'm not. My my point is, it's coming, and maybe it's going to be a starting pitcher because I think they need power. And I'm not terribly like. I say all of those things of preaching patience to also say, I'm not at all saying that they're they're good enough to win a World Series yet. Or close to it, like they they need to make moves. If they don't make moves by opening day, I will be right there with you doing all of the criticizing. I'm just saying, say what you will about Chet Hoyer, he's not dumb. He would not have said that at Cubs convention if there were not more moves to come. He would not have done it. Yeah, clearly he knows what's out there, and he knows you know what kind of talent he wants to add to the roster. I do agree with you. I mean, listen, as a Sox fan, seeing what he's done over the last two years, especially last year, just trying to improve the the current roster in the present, right? Adding guys from the minors, bringing in, you know, uh, guys at the trade deadline, doing whatever he could to make sure that his team, you know, had an opportunity to compete. That, to me, 
I was envious of as a Sox fan. So, to, like, if you're asking me whether I think he can do something like that, of course, because that's what you would expect. Again, I just I worry what that is. Like, if you're telling me it's a Dylan C, let's just say, like, a Dylan C's type scenario where you're giving up some prospects to bring in a number two, okay. And then you're bringing It'd be very exciting if the Cubs traded for Dylan Cease. That's what I'm saying. So that, that, that would be a very, very exciting that's, trade. That's what I'm saying, though, Danny. If you're, t- <laughs> if you're telling me it's somebody like that, like at that level, and it's not just, you know, you mentioned a number two starter, but if it's a number four starter that you're, you no. have some hope that he can be a number three, like uh, that's not going to move the needle. Pete Alonso, Tyler Glass now, right. Dylan Cease, right. Matt Chapman, the, Cody Bellinger, these types of players... I expect one or two of them to be added to the Cubs by opening day. Texas says you're giving Jet a pass. You're moving the goalposts. No, I'm not. <laughs> Tomorrow's not opening day. It's not opening day. If it was op- if opening day was tomorrow, I'd be saying the Cubs are not good enough to win a World Series. That is colossally disappointing. They did not do enough this offseason yes. to move resources around in terms of cash spent and prospects traded in order to make the team a contender i promise you i have that take in the chamber <laughs> it's just january 24th and it's snowing outside yeah. we got ice warnings in the city you know what I mean? it's not baseball season yet and so like, but we're oh worried the people are worried though and, oh my god reese hoskins is a brewer <laughs> yes they already traded for a first baseman like i just i don't know man i i think that bellinger is going to get re-signed and they're going to trade for a pitcher that's what I think is going to happen, that they're going to trade, they're going to sign Bellinger, and they're going to use prospects to acquire a starter. That's what I think is going to happen. But I just I, – I I'm surprised at the cynicism. Not the impatience, because everybody can be impatient, but the cynicism that your general manager looked into 30 cameras and was like, hey, we're not done. Don't worry. Everybody be calm. Fifth inning. Fifth inning, boys. A lot of changes in the fifth inning. He's a liar. I ju- I'm just surprised. <laughs> I'm just surprised that, like, now Reese Hoskins is the thing that everyone's going to panic over. That's a little ridiculous. Like, yeah, the the blockbuster trade with the Guardians that people have rumored about that brings Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez. You know what I mean? Like, I just – I think something's coming. Like, I'm not convinced Morell's on this team next but year. But you convince something's coming because you have faith in management or you think something's coming because you can't imagine them putting out lesser product on the field? Uh, I, I mean, I think that those two are basically the same. Like, I, I think that it would be – I don't think they say what they said. The Cubs are – and I know we're on the home of the Cubs, and so people are – people at WCUB, they accuse us of bias. They are by far – the best organization in town. It is not close. There is not a close second. They just are. Spending of resources, smart people, communication strategy with fans, fan outreach. They, they, it's all calculated. It's all thought of. It's not that they don't make mistakes. It's not that they don't make bad signings. Not that they don't make bad trades. Not that they're not disappointing. It's not, it's not that they're perfect. But, like, they, they think about this stuff. Jed didn't, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> they asked me about these moves at Cubs convention. I wasn't prepared for it. Quick, come up with an analogy. It's the fifth inning of the offseason. And then he just went back and he's like, what did I say? And that's why I get paid the big bucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that, <laughs> it's thought about. They right. have meetings. They have, they, have, they have messaging meetings. They, they, they think about these things. They, they know how much money they have to spend under their budget right now. And they know, 
you know what I mean? Like, it's, th- this is not an organization that falls into gotcha moments very often. Can you say that about your team? Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. You, you know what I mean? Like, so I just, I, I don't, I'm not saying, I, I'm not saying I know what the moves are. I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to assign logic and rational thought to an organization that normally operates logically and rationally. And if Bellinger is still out there, they say it's the fifth inning, fifth inning of the offseason. They've traded prospects for veterans before, uh, including expensive short-term ones. And their top prospects are blocked by guys that they call core foundational pieces. The Dodgers just traded Michael Bush because he was blocked. Alcantara and whomever else, I'm not a prospect guy, but three of their top four are outfielders. They're not like corner outfielders. Saya is here. He's under contract. He's locked in. He's signed, sealed, delivered. Ian Happ is here. He's under contract. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. So I just, one of those dudes is getting traded, man. <laughs> He's like, and it's just, it's just, it's what is good is what is what is going to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I just, I am very, I'm very surprised that people are as cynical about Reese Hoskins and Bellinger not being signed. Like, have Bellinger signed with the Dodgers or the Giants or whatever, and then be upset, and have and have spring training get here, and this be the squad. I promise I'll be there with you. Like, I hold me to it. You know what I mean? Hold me to it. But we still have 60 days. We have 60 days. It just doesn't seem realistic. You know? All right. Because like, it seems like a jet trade deadline move, not a before the season thing. Yeah. Or before before spring training thing to then move on from the talent that you have to bring in someone. It just doesn't seem like that's something that they would do. And I get it. So I understand the fan base when they say, like, I'm, I'm concerned. And it's not because it's not because I don't think they, you know, I just don't think they will. Yeah. Uh Sexton said, you know, Glassnow has been traded. I know. I'm saying those were the names that have been linked. Type to, of guys. Those are the types of guys that have, that have been linked to them. I understand that he's already been traded. I was talking about types of guys that they have been linked to that I expect that caliber of player to be added to the Cubs. So you that, expect the, the Cubs to have a, a, a division competing team or a World Series competing team? I expect team? them to be the favorites for the division on opening day. With and, the moves that you assume that they'll make. Yes. yes. The the right. the clear-cut favorites for the division on opening day. And they won't be, you know, they will not pass the Braves in terms of preseason expectations. They will not pass the Dodgers in terms of preseason expectations. But a expectation to make the playoffs and be the best team in the Central on opening day and get into the tournament and anything happens. I think that is what the expectation needs to be between now and opening day for the Cubs. David Hall votes for Cooperstown. <laughs> and he also votes for the Cubs Hall of Fame. And for the Cubs Hall of Fame, he left Sammy Sosa off his ballot. And he's in a suit. And he came in studio so that I could yell at him. That's a Vegas Hawk thing to do. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. A source told the Parkinson Spiegel Show on 670 The Score. I know those guys. Afternoons on The Score. On behalf of Hall of Fame Chairman Jane Forbes-Clark, our board of directors, the entire staff in Cooperstown, and Jack O'Connell of the BBWAA, our final electee consistently combined power and average like very few. No, not Sammy Sosa. (laughs) It's not. Oh, check me out, man. Vegas Hawes in studio on the Parkinson Spiegel show in a suit and tie. 
before he goes over and does some TV over at NBC Sports Chicago. Gabe Ramirez in for Spigs. Thank you for coming in, sir. Very good to be here. Thank you for the backdrop music. Kenny Chesney delivers again. Shane taking care of me, making me feel right at home. Trash, brother. <laughs> it is not trash. Before I got trash. on here, we, <laughs> Shane and I were in a very spirited country music debate. I know you're happy for us. We should be on the 10th floor, not the 9th, because that's where those things happen. Yeah, but they don't play real country up there either. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Pop country matters, Shane. Pop country. Pop country matters. I mean, listen, I, as, as riveting as, as this is. I know. Let's move well, on. Well, I mean, if you have two segments, I, I mean, but I know you have to tape something <laughs> well, over there. You know, That's Kenny Chesney. David loves 5'7 dudes with peck implants. <laughs> he can't get enough of them singing bad songs <laughs> about their sisters. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll let that be the final word on David Hawes' music okay. taste. So you have a vote for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes. That's very exciting. And mm-hmm. you do a great job and you write an awesome column and you reveal your ballot and you believe in transparency. Mm-hmm. You also have a vote for the new Cubs Hall of Fame. I don't know if you wrote a column on that. If I did, if I did you, not. Okay, I didn't think so. I but you're cool with transparency. Can you tell people about the charge sure. and your vote and all of that? Yeah, I, I'm cool with the transparency. I don't know that they prefer us to talk about it or not. I, I don't. We don't share our ballots openly like I do for the Hall of Fame. There are 14 people who vote uh, in the Cubs Hall of Fame. There's a committee made up of media members um, and Cub Hall of Famers. Ryan Sandberg, Andre Dawson. Pat Hughes. Uh, Pat Hughes, Ferguson Jenkins, uh, me, Bruce. I think Bruce Miles is on there, Fred Mitchell, I believe. So I, I don't know exactly everyone who is on it. That's a, a good majority. So we vote for the Cub Hall of Fame on a ballot that is probably 12 to 14 names every year. And this year, really, I was surprised Sammy Sosa was on the ballot for the first time. I think we've been doing this. This might be the third year we've been doing this. And Sammy Sosa's name was on the ballot. My first assumption, Danny and Gabe, was that, all right, if you're going to put Sammy Sosa's name on the ballot, that means that they're comfortable with him getting in. Not only would they be comfortable with him getting in, it might be greasing the skids for him to get in. This is when you maybe rubber stamp the ballot. Boom. Sammy's in. We have a plan. But it wasn't that. It was legit, and Sammy did not get into the Cup Hall of Fame, and I did not vote for him, and I did not vote for him. I know that bothers you, and I, I like the way you framed it. We've got a real sports argument going here. Yeah, we do. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. How, but well, Who did you vote for? Wait, 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 wait. Who did I vote for? The, well, Kerry Wood and Aramis Ramirez, Aramis Ramirez got in. I know that. Who did you vote for? I did not vote for Aramis Ramirez. Okay. I voted for Kerry Wood. I think I voted for Dallas Green. Voted for Bill Nicholson. I voted for some old timers. Um, Derek Lee, I think I voted for. Did not vote for Sammy Sosa. The criteria for the Cub Hall of Fame is different from the, than the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. What is the criteria? The criteria includes things like, I think, popularity and cultural um in significance things that would be right up sammy's alley and you could make the argument and it is a sound one and i respect it that what are you doing if there's different criteria then you don't have to worry about the the cloud of suspicion that hovers over everything that sammy sosa ever did in chicago my thing was this might be a new concept for you danny oh here we go no i'm just saying <laughs> here we I go love where this so is going. preemptive shot go ahead <laughs> okay I try to be as consistent and logical as possible when yeah. you're making decisions and forming opinions. Right. And so when I took a, a, a stance against steroid, PED, guys suspected of that kind of behavior on my Cooperstown ballot, and I never voted for Sammy on my Cooperstown ballot, I didn't feel right 
having a different criteria for the Cubs Hall of Fame, a local Hall of Fame so that's more provincial, has different criteria because it felt to me inconsistent, illogical, and a little bit kind of like I would just be pandering. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. So, but they have him on the ballot mm-hmm. and influence matters and there's nothing on there that says steroids or cheating or character or anything. Not at all. Anything like that. Nope. Okay. Well, so then within their own bylaws, it feels like he should get there. And my my argument for Sammy beyond the numbers, and the numbers are overwhelming. In term, these are just his, where he ranks for for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Sixth in war, 10th in games played, second in OPS, second in slugging, sixth in runs scored, ninth in hits, fourth in total bases, first in homers, third in RBI, sixth in walks, third in extra base hits. The numbers of all-time Cubs ranks are overwhelming. He's one of the two or three best offensive players in Cubs history. But anecdotally, actually, this is not even an anecdote. This is more data. Seasons with 2.6 million or more attendance pre-1998. You want to take a guess? What were the seasons? The there two, was, there the two was, seasons? The, the, take, a, take a guess at how many seasons they had 2.6 million attendance at Wrigley Field before 1998. One. One. 84. 93. 93. Oh, wow. 93. Okay. Only season. Do we want to take a guess? Anybody? How many seasons? 2.6 million or more attendance at Wrigley Field, 98 and later. Want to take a guess? I would say five. Every season. <laughs> oh, every season? All right. I've sounded like a pretty attainable every, number. Every season. The, every Season, but but see, and and, and, and half, su- half of them are over three million. Your points are supporting, except, an, except for except for the COVID season. Your, your points are supporting an argument nobody's making. Nobody's making the argument that Sammy Sosa wasn't significant to the Cubs' popularity in that time and created a fan base that still is very loyal and loving to him. You're you're asking me why I didn't want to change my criteria for a Hall of Fame vote from one Hall of Fame to another. But the but the Hall of Fames themselves have different criteria. Like well, it's not, they, 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 you are you are the same person. Then, then who, I'm the wrong voter because I, I, like, I, I they just have that you just said they have different criteria. One has a character clause, one doesn't. Right. So they by by definition they have you are the same voter, mm-hmm. but they have different criteria. And if he's on the ballot and it's for the Cubs Hall of Fame, and I would argue that there's basically no player other than Ernie Banks in Cubs history that has actually made more of an impact on the Cubs. It's the Superstation, it's Harry Carey, it's Ernie Banks, it's Sammy Sosa in terms of like making the Cubs what the Cubs Unless are. Unless you think that everything that Sammy Sosa achieved has taint on it because of the way he achieved it. And I think that if you think that I'm being a hypocrite, I would say that it goes higher than just one guy on a committee or a couple guys. It, it's about it's about the Cubs' ownership. I mean, they put him on a ballot, but they're not going to honor him with the day. Tom Ricketts has conditions upon him, basically. But that's what I'm wondering. Is that is that why? Is that why? Because Tom Ricketts hasn't welcomed him back. That's a big part of it. 
But that's why you didn't vote for him? No. Because then, then, no. then, then no. you're doing Tom Ricketts' bidding. No, I think no, if you're not, listening to David Hodge, Tom Ricketts is busy. If bidding. you're listening to David Hodge, it's very clear, right? He he feels as though his statement is integrity, and he's saying, I didn't want to vote for Sammy nor anyone cut from that cloth in my votes for the Hall of Fame, and therefore, I don't want to be a hypocrite to myself and then vote in a guy like Sammy Sosa and have to answer questions, why did you vote him in here and not over that's here? Exactly and he right. wants to be clear. 773 Texas coming at me this afternoon. This is hard as they come in the morning. It's great. <laughs> Ask Coffee voted for David Ortiz in the Hall of Fame because he's a known PED user who is friendly and everyone likes. Yeah, I, I did, but I'll tell you why. David Ortiz had a test that the commissioner of baseball said basically to disregard. And you can think what you want about Rob, Rob Manfred, but there, there, are, there are things that you look at. We're not doing this willy-nilly if you do it right, and hopefully we're doing it right. And look, every vote is subjective. So no the, question, and, the, and you and you deserve a vote, and you put a ton of thought into it, which is why I genuinely do respect your opinion, even if I really disagree with it. The San Francisco Giants retired Barry Bonds' number. He ha- he gets local honors, yep. and he doesn't get national honors. He's not in Cooperstown, but he is celebrated as an all-time giant. But don't you mean that? It, but don't don't you, don't you feel as though he is welcomed and with open arms in a different way in San Francisco than Sammy is here in Chicago, where there's still a split. Well, base there's on- a reason why. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The didn't Barry we're in Bonds San Fran, essentially? He has not apologized. But he has he has mended fences or he has had conversations with people with the Giants organization that have led them to believe it's time to, you know, give him a, embrace him again. But he is he has he has said, I've been convicted of nothing. You have no proof. That is Barry Bonds' present day stance on his steroids. Right, I understand where you're coming from, and I'm getting killed on the text line. It's great. So, <laughs> I'm just, and but, I but, but Danny, here, here's the thing: like, it's a Cubs here's Hall of thing. Fame, man. Okay. He's he is he's better than Derek Lee. He's better than Aramis Ramirez, and more impactful. Well, he's definitely better than all those people when you look at the bottom line. But you, yeah. the bottom line is is not is wasn't achieved without a cloud of suspicion there's definitely taint on this but there are i mean so but in your in your in the the big boy hall of fame right there are steroid users domestic abusers racists cheaters there are bad people in cooperstown i suppose yeah i mean it's just an objective it's an objective fact like but you still keep doing it you know what i mean you still you still vote you still do your best you like no one's saying that Sammy was perfect or that he was the perfect teammate. Todd Helton does not have the same kind of uh, did not have the same kind of accusations or allegations made against his su- success over his Hall of Fame career that Alice Rod- Rodriguez did. No, but Pudge or, Rodriguez or David Ortiz or plenty of dudes that are that are in Cooperstown from an era when black players weren't allowed to play or the Greeny era or Ty Cobb or just like David Ortiz. You could argue technicality. It's a technicality, but he, he passed, he passed muster there. He's in, he had, he had an explanation or an excuse. Sammy Sosa's never offered that. Sammy Sosa's never come forward and said anything except for, uh, I need, I need an interpreter. I can't, I'm not speaking English. He has not been that guy, Danny. He's not had any sort of invitation for transparency. He's not. He's not met the standards or the conditions that the Cubs want to have a relationship. But with if the, him. so, if the Cubs tomorrow said, you know what, all's well. We, we've had a conversation. We get Sammy Sosa Day at Wrigley Field. You could throw out the first pitch. You could run out the right field. We'll retire your number. We'll put it on the flagpole and all of those things. Would that change your vote? No. No. Okay. No, I'm just telling it you. Shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't should, by your logic. It shouldn't. I'm just okay. telling you the two so, two so, things are true. The Cubs have conditions that I believe 
Sammy Sosa has yet to meet for them to be able to and ready to embrace him again. I have hopefully a standard by which I'm going to uh, try to apply consistency to one Hall of Fame to another, even though they don't require it. Yeah, they're I not the same. I, but, Danny, it's subjective. It's like you, you said, but you got the wrong person then. then right? Fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll recuse my vote. I'll get <laughs> I'm off not the trying committee. to get you to recuse I'll your vote unless you want to get my hand. Unless you want to get, get, give it to me. Give no, me your vote. I wouldn't do that. I want your vote. I wouldn't do that. I want your vote. Uh, maybe I, maybe speaks. It's fine. He, he probably agrees with me. I, I, and by the way, the Cubs are wrong for that stance too because I go to Wrigley and they're always showing this day in Cubs history and it's a video of Sammy Sosa hitting one on the Waveland and there's a 66 flag that flies on the roof with his name on it. Like you know what I mean? Danny, like, you want you want you want Sammy in the Cubs Hall of Fame but not in the main Hall of Fame. I'm trying to get I, your stance. I, I, listen, personally, yeah. I'd want him in both Hall of Fame. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But, I wanted to know. But what I know thought. the real Hall of Fame is not happening. You know what I mean? So I, I at least the, operate on the Earth. real Hall of but Fame. But when, when they created a Cubs Hall of Fame and Sammy Sosa's not in it, come on. The real Hall of Fame needs a wing that we've said this every year, and I think we talked about it on the air here. We have. They need to have a wing that acknowledges the people who were in the steroid era, were uh, put up amazing numbers, and were under a cloud of suspicion. Sammy Sosa would be in that wing. It's going to be just a dark room. Just yeah. Like, like, no lights. It's like just constant mist. Just note it. Dark and spooky. These the, these statistics happen in the steroids sure. if I'm era very under the that, Of course you don't want it. Yeah. You, but, you, you can't write the baseball history without having those guys in it and having accomplished what they did. And you can't write the history of the Cubs without Sammy Sosa. That's why I was surprised to see his name on the ballot. Because it does create these inconsistencies. But... That's my. That's not my job or obligation to try to have. Hey, you know what, Tom Ricketts? You know what, Crane Kenny? You guys need to be more consistent with this Hall of Fame you're putting together <laughs> for the fans. They asked me to vote. They asked me to be on the committee. All I'm going to do is apply the apply the same type of logic I do from one v- Hall of Fame to the other. Bruce Levine said I could share this. He said that he voted for Sammy Sosa and uh, for the Cubs Hall of Fame, and he's, his reasons were. It's for great accomplishments as a Cub. He had more than most. If it's for sainthood, I might cast my vote differently. <laughs> yeah, Bruce is wrong, too. We argue every Saturday morning, 9 to 11, 50 weeks Check him year. out. All right. 70 the score. We're going to Chris right. Getz on Saturday morning, too. We'll argue with him. All right. Phone lines are open. 312-644-6767. Vegas Hall is keeping Sammy Sosa out of the Cubs Hall of Fame. Blame me. Bring it on. I do blame you. You do. And you know what? It makes me angry. Logic, logical arguments, consistent arguments. I know they're not your thing, but wait, you might want to try it. Wait a second. I you had, I'm you, hold on. Give me 30 seconds. Uh, you I had a QB1 party here yeah. a year ago, a year before you abandoned <laughs> Justin Fields. So you don't know anything about consistency. <laughs> 17 games happened and they got the number one okay. pick. Things so changed, David. There's logic, there's consistency, and there's, you know, So I have to just have, you. To, I have to have the same opinion that I had 10 years ago today? I no. can't evolve? I can't take in new information? I have to be stuck in the past? That's cool. All right. That's cool. Right, can we go to Vegas again? <laughs> I hope so. I can't wait. He's David Haw. Vegas hot to you. We will talk Sammy Sosa and ridiculous arguments next on The Score. Vegas hot. Vegas hot. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Honored to be on their show earlier today. Danny and Matt do an excellent job interviewing people. Afternoons on The Score. It's time to come home. We had a nice time. We had a good time. It was tiring, but it was fun. And we had, we had a lot of good laughs. It was definitely, uh, should I say, better than expected? Love Vegas hot. Completely disagree with everything he said in that last segment. And the QB1 party, I don't regret. That was a good time.
Just, okay. just wait till you see what we have in store for Caleb Williams. But the best thing was you guys were having this heated debate, and he just threw that out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, how, that's oh, how you, you know. Are you holding on to that one, David? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how you know you're losing an argument, by the way, when you start bringing up other stuff. Talk about Sammy Sosa and the Cubs Hall of Fame. Great. That stat is a crazy one. It's a Cubs Hall of Fame. Seasons where they had more than 2.6 million people at Wrigley pre-1998. One. But then you're embracing the whole thing, though, Danny. You're embracing, you know, the cheating, the scandal, and you're saying it's everything's okay, and we're going to welcome you and let you be a part of this because yeah. we're okay with what you did. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's yeah, what that's... That, that is exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. Why are you so okay with it? Because baseball profited from it, including Tom Ricketts. They all, it wasn't against the law of baseball. They made it against the law of baseball. But you didn't, you know, it was just a thing. It was just a thing that was arbitrary that they decided that they didn't like anymore. And they all profited off of it. It brought baseball back from the strike. So you hate the fact that there is a slice of baseball that is being left out from everything or being, being the people accepted. That watched. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. the, the, the people that actually created the entertainment product are the ones getting punished and everyone else profited <laughs> off of them. It's just, it's, it's moralizing. It's silly. It's inconsistent. Frank's in his car. He's on the score. What up, Frank? Frankie. Frank on the John. A little double flush. Frank upset. Breathing hard. Frankie. <laughs> Did he put his phone down, you think? Frank. All right, we'll put him back on hold. Who should we go to next? Mike and Portage. Mike and Portage, you're on the score. Hey, guys. Danny, I understand why you're so in love with Sammy because of the time of your life when it happened. And yes. you do acknowledge the steroid usage uh, by him, Bonds, etc. But what you keep failing to admit is that he was just a cheater on top of it. He corked his bat. He couldn't speak English after Ooh. he got caught. Ooh. Then he tried to blame it on the bat boy. Can I, can I ask on, you a question? Any, can I, Mike, do you speak another language? Any, any <laughs> pro any pro can tell you whether the bat you hand him is their bat or not. And for him to claim that this was some Dr. Bat he used just for fun to see if he could break windows like Dave Kingman is absurd. Well, okay, hold on. Fine, fine, fine. He- fine, he corked his bat. Fine, he corked his bat. They've, they've cut open other of his bats that he hit monumental home runs with that were not corked. So I do not believe that all of Sammy Sosa's bats were corked. I don't believe that for a second. Of course, because that's convenient. Don't forget you're a father, too. You want your kid to be a cheater? Oh, won't somebody please think of the children. Mike, do you speak a second language? I do. What language? Serbian. Serbian. Okay. If you were called to, t- but is it is it a second language, or do you speak yes. speak? Okay. So if I got, you're going to ask me if I got caught cheating. No, no, no. If you were if you were called to te- if you were called to testify in federal court under oath, would you feel comfortable doing that in your second language? Hell yes, brother. All right, good for you. I got, I, I but, got nothing to hide. No, no, my, uh, okay. But my, my point is is that there is a difference between talking about uh, going two for four with a home run in English and testifying in federal court in English. And like that's just like something that, frankly, people have just used to knock Sammy Sosa, like Derek Rose's comments about meetings. It's like, all right, fine. You didn't like how that looked. Great. Not germane 
to him as a basketball player, <laughs> not Jermaine to him as a baseball player. Like that's 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 just a personal shot at him. That has nothing to do with whether or not he should be in the Cubs Hall of Fame. I think people need to you know take a step back and when they're talking about your opinion, Danny, and it's just understanding that you're embracing steroids and the scandal as a whole with baseball as a whole. And it's not that like he's accepting cheating and therefore I like Sammy Sosa and I want him to be. It's no, no, no. It's there was an era of baseball. People profited. People, you know, the, the fan base grew and all this. And we can accept all of this under one umbrella and be okay with that. And while it was happening, <laughs> baseball promoted it, celebrated it, knew it, profited about it, <laughs> knew it. Right. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, oh you guys don't like that? Oh, that's terrible. When they had already saved it in profit. Right? I had heard about it, but I didn't know for sure. <laughs> John and Woodstock's on the score. What up, John? Hey, um, again, the hypocrisy is, I think, your main point here. Again, I remember going to a, a game in 95 after the uh, strike, and baseball was all but dead. Yep. Sosa and McGuire, they saved baseball. Let's talk about the Nike ads about, you know, chick dig the long ball. And, and, you know, the, the thing Nike. that really galls me is you look at Ortiz. We knew he cheated. There's a whole bunch. Uh, Tony La Russa, he knew that Conseco. Conseco talked about in his book how they were shooting up in front of the sports writers and everybody else. And all of a sudden, these sports writers, all of a sudden, they have the hypocrisy. And everybody in baseball is looking the other way like it was an off-color joke. And, uh, again, the problem it comes down to is this. It's not like the, you know, they were talking, and I, it's been a while since I saw this, but they were talking about the pitchers were just as bad as the, the hitters. So you want to talk about, like, Roger Clemens, and you talk about all of these. We don't know who was juiced and who truly wasn't. You can probably make the argument that Maddox wasn't, but other than that, again, take I, the listen, money I, and run. I, 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 listen, I, I'm with you, man. Like, you're keeping these guys out on what they probably did. That's an assumption. And even if they 100% did it, the pitchers were doing it, the hitters were doing it, they just did it better. (laughs) Honestly, they did it better. They were the best cheaters in an era of cheaters. Put them in the Hall of Fame. I'm not kidding. I, 303 average, 56 home runs one season, and the best cheater of his era. <laughs> seriously, three, 360 home run seasons. Dude played every game. He helped save baseball with the most historic season in baseball in 50 years. I, it, it just – and I'm not even talking about Cooperstown. I've conceded Cooperstown because I know it'll never happen. This is the Cubs Hall of Fame, and they put him on the ballot. He had 545 home runs as a Cub. Oh, no, he's not in our Hall of Fame. That's just complete insanity. More people want to talk about this. We've got other things to get to, including just depressing trade proposals uh, for a local team. It's Parker to speak on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.